welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics, such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. Greetings, everyone. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Redeemed Vision podcast. I'm your host, Steve Picorni. I'm the founder of Freedom Coaching, where you can find all the work that we're doing at freedom-coaching.net, where we are setting the blind free and bringing them to God's glorious light. It's an honor to be with you uh, here on this podcast, and um, we have a real treat for you uh, today. But before we get into that, I just want to enter into a little bit of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you for your love, your mercy. We ask for your grace to be with us uh, in this time together. Father, I ask you to bless all those who hear this and their hearts be opened to come to know that freedom is very real, that freedom from our chains of anything that's holding us back, um, that you will call us to embrace our God-given dignity as a beloved son or daughter of God. So may we turn this over to you. May the God of desire be our desire and fulfill our deepest desires. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. An honor, again, as I said, to be with all of you. And uh, on this edition of the Redeemed Vision podcast, um, I have a very special guest. And this, um, this guest is near and dear to my heart. Um, his name is Bob Appleby. And um, Bob uh, hails, um, hails from New York. And um, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a hardworking dude, uh, but he's got a past, um, like all of us have past. And, and we like to say that every, every, um, every uh, saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And Bob certainly falls into that. And, and, and for him, uh, pornography use is one of his things that has held him back in his past. And, um, and there's a lot of people who think that pornography use, uh, once you get into it, you're always going to be hooked. And I, Bob's here to share a little bit about how that's not true and how there's no whole nother reality. And so, and uh, why he's near and dear to my heart is I had the brilliant opportunity uh, more than a few years ago to work with him uh, to be his guide on this journey towards freedom. And so I want to welcome uh, my dear friend, uh, Bob Appleby to the Redeemed Vision podcast. How are you doing, Bob? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Awesome, brother. It's good to have you. And uh, you uh, before they before we got on the show, uh, you have a you have a monster mug. What is that mug? <laughs> um, can I? Uh, is it okay to plug another yeah. podcast? <laughs> go for it. Oh, it's it's actually for Punch of the Quinas. There you go, uh, Matt Fred. Who there you I go. Too too much, but yeah. Yep. So Very yeah, nice Matt, and Matt, Matt Fred. Some of you who listen to this podcast are probably aware, aware of Matt Fred. He also does very very good work in uh, in this arena and other other arenas. Um, so I'm glad that you were a listener there, but also mm-hmm. you're a guest here on the Redeemed Vision podcast. So Bob, let's let's jump right into it. And so you're where where in where in New York do you reside? Uh, 
Rochester. So it's it's between Buffalo and Syracuse, right up by Ont Lake Ontario. So it's, you know, the home of um, basically the home of Kodak, which was once a giant and now it's kind of a shell. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's I really like it here. I mean, it's um, there's a lot of music and art, the culture here, you know, um, a lot of background in that regard. Uh, we live right in the city in the arts district too right now so that's been very interesting and um it's home to also like saint irenaeus ministries which we've been really active in um just do a lot of like bible study and outreach and the community's growing like crazy so that's fantastic really love it here that's awesome wonderful and mm -hmm. and you um just so everybody's aware and is that your hometown you, you grew up in rochester mm -hmm. yeah um i grew up in spencerport which is a suburb of rochester but yeah same area. Wonderful. So as we get into your story, as we're, we're walking through this, um, what was life like for you growing up? How, like your, your family life? How would you describe that? And, and even especially emotionally growing up in that situation? What was it like mm -hmm. for you? Honestly, no complaints. <laughs> um, it was, I guess, both in the, you know, classic sense and religiously, I don't know, it's, I had a very good upbringing, a very loving family. You know, it's I, um, I had both a mother, mother and father, like live with them and my sister. My sister is older than me, um, and you know, it was it's hard to explain. Yeah, I'm just trying to say, like, it's it's basically like your your storybook, you know, fa family. It's live in the suburbs, um, go to public school, whatnot. I mean, and my mother was a stay-at-home mom, um, raised us all. Um, very just a great mom she's and she's still really strong in her life um so no complaints there my father he was he was in the marine corps he was a city fireman a carpenter he basically tried every dangerous job in the book um just for fun <laughs> um really great guy i mean he taught me everything that i know about you know just hard work and just being a man in general um just one of the best man i've ever met in my life just really great influence um, unfortunately, he, he did pass away only a couple of years ago from lung cancer. Um, but like, yeah, again, like everything I learned from him, just it definitely st stuck around. Um, but again, like went to high school there. I went, went to one year of college, didn't really make it through college, not because I wasn't good at it. I just, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of school. I like to work with my hands. I like physical labor. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. It was just. Um, your your mic is off, by the way, Steve. Hey, Bob, and we, we've talked. Uh, one of your strengths is uh, especially uh, you're a hardworking. As I mentioned in your introduction, you're a hardworking guy, and um, especially uh, doing all the manual labor. Like, there's a lot of skills that a lot of people, especially in the world, don't have. I like to say I was I've been so in my brain for a long a <laughs> lot of time doing a lot of the formal education things like that. So, and I think uh, if I hear you correctly. Uh, you learned a lot of those skills and also especially the, the traits of being that kind of man from your dad is that true yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah because i mean he's he's been through a decent amount of struggle in his life and i mean and it's just again i think we're, we're, we're the kind of people that just learn from <laughs> either learn from our mistakes or learn from action you know but um but yeah definitely yeah definitely he was a huge influence on me in a lot of ways that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, so as I mentioned in the the beginning introduction, pornography has been a part of your story. And then, mm -hmm. like I said, any anybody 
who's been involved with this. It might be a part of your story. It's not the story. Yeah. So when did, when did pornography show up in your life? How did that come about? It's hard to like pinpoint an exact moment to be asked with you. Um, I think a lot of it, I, first of all, I gotta say I was very blessed in the fact that when I say pornography, uh, luckily it's not the explicit idea of what we think of, of like, you know, going, you know, going to the video store in the, in the back room behind the, you know, the curtain and grab the tapes of actually explicit videos. But I think you would understand Steve, when I, when I say that like pornograph pornography for me was like, you know, images that were suggestive images that did conjure those feelings, those emotions in me, um, which could be anything from, you know, celebrities and movies or like music videos. Um, because I mean, especially now it's only gotten worse but especially nowadays it's the music in the movie industry is basically pornography it doesn't have to show everything to be arousing um so that's i guess you know i guess it'll be easy to say that it was just the fact that you grow up around you know watch these movies and in this culture um and by no fault of their own i guess yeah like I guess you could say my parents are exposed to it. But the thing is, it's I'm not blaming them whatsoever, because like, how could you expect this at this point? I mean, like growing up watching this, you you trust that, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't have to see that kind of stuff. But I get I think it just exploded at a really bad rate. But anyway, yeah. um, I guess so that that's I think that's where I was really exposed the most. Um, so let me let me ask here. Let me let me jump in here. Yeah. And 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 we're, again for those who are just popping in here, we're we're talking with Bob Appleby. Um, he's a former client of uh, a, a, I don't know if graduates the ter the terminology, but he finished the process of free freedom coaching. And um, and it takes courage, obviously, to come out in, in a pretty public way to share a little bit of your story. So again, we thank you, Bob, uh, mm. for your witness, your your courage for doing this, and. In this in this process, though, so obviously amongst them, from what we're, what we're hearing, the milieu of the, the many music videos and, and many things seen on TV, um, that began to stir up some some things inside here. And 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 one of the things we talk about in in our work in, in freedom coaching and and on the Redeemed Vision podcast is that the world is blind and it's never mm -hmm. really learned how to see the body correctly, and this causes issues. So, and and for you from what you remember, right? What was your experience growing up regarding, you know, issues of sexuality, the body, relationships? How would you qualify that? What messages did you receive or not receive from your parents? Um, nothing. I mean, you know, honestly, not, uh, I, I think they did actually a pretty good job overall doing that. Um, I guess I mean, I'm sorry. I'm trying to qualify, you know, like yeah. the speech here, but um, it's or because so basically, like, yeah, I got you know, obviously, you got the the regular talk about like safe sex and whatnot. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, like I'm I'm trying to think of how to say this. You know, like you, you obviously like you will have, have sex, but like it's really for two people who who, who love each other and hopefully through marriage. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like I feel like that's a very it's a very vague statement, especially when you have those really intense emotions in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, so like I guess it just gets blurred over time, especially with different cultural um, like influences in that regard. 
my parents were like and again like but through their their model their model through their influence like i can see like they had a really great relationship they had a great marriage and that's something that i mean that i from their witness without saying much i always wanted that and thanks be to god i actually was able to stay i remained a virgin until i got married um and I couldn't look, you know, there at the time I'd probably say like, well, it's because you're too nerdy to get a girlfriend, but actually it was like God saving me. Um, you're now but, relating to most men at times of their life when they're younger. There you go. Yeah. But no, I mean, to go back to my parents, I, I, in terms of like they're modeling that in terms of actual relationship, in terms of really like, you know, living that out, I think they were very successful in showing me the way. Um, unfortunately, my... I think my my father um i would say my father wasn't as as sharp on the point of like you know what, what um on pornography masturbation on the morality of that and i think we we definitely had headbutted on a few you know a few occasions talking about that and that was a point where like i you know because i was struggling with that thinking i don't know if this is okay and he he would give his stance on it, and I didn't know if I liked that. But then I would start talking to my pastor and people at this is right when I came back to the Catholic Church, like seriously, um, right after after um, high school. And the more I started talking to people and learning about theology of the body, and you know, people like Christopher West, I'm like, you know, it just something isn't jiving. It didn't make much sense, and I just feel like there's so much more depth in that teaching and. It's really hard because, like, you learn that you learn the theology and the practicality of it, but like, like you know, Steve, it doesn't mean that that was the cure all. That was the beginning of like up here. Like, yeah, I get it. Physically, it's it's extremely difficult <laughs> to put that into practice, mm-hmm. um, especially with that background, because uh, you're just in in the sewer. You're just trapped in the sewer with all that stuff. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me let me go back here for just a second before we get into mm-hmm. some, some of the solutions here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this kind of gives a kind of a broad view. There's uh, from what, what I'm what I'm hearing here, your your parents had a healthy relationship, things like that, kind of especially as probably hormones were kicking in, there's kind of a budding heads uh, mm-hmm. with with those hormones and, and human sexuality and things like that. And, and as you know, Bob, and, and, and the work we've discussed, right? Uh, no one gets into pornography on unchaste behavior because mm-hmm. things, everything's going right. right? There's a, usually something uh, appears to be or is actually going, something's wrong or missing. So think about from e- either your first early years of exposure or, or continued into into the behavior. Um, what do you think it was that, that brought you into that world and also uh, kind of kept you in, in the world of pornography? Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually something that you and I talked about a lot in the, in the freedom coaching pro- process, and which it was really surprising to me when we actually got to this point. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was like just loneliness, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, not it had nothing to do with my family life. That I I'm looking back on it, that was a huge blessing. I have no real complaints about my family life at all. Mm-hmm. But like it's in school and around friends, I was. I had a really, really hard time, um, and this is this doesn't even have as much to do with women, but just like in general, like I was never part of a specific social group. I was constantly being rejected. Like literally, people tell me you're not allowed. You don't sit at our table anymore. Why do you? Why the hell are you here? Um, so just left and right, being rejected from every group 
that I want to associate with. Um, and that was, that was really, that was a punch in the gut. <laughs> um, and that happened for quite a lot, like a lot of my life, a large portion of my young life. And just, yeah, just trying to, I, and it seems like, yeah, that, that hook to pornography definitely, it can definitely be traced back to the idea of like wanting to be loved, wanting to mm. be accepted. So it's like, well, in this case, um, with porn, you can you think you can control that. It's something that you can mold yourself, and I make the terms. That I feel like that was definitely a big part, right there. Yeah, and I, so so building on that, like, so pornography use, and, and at what age would you say that you you were exposed? Hmm. I'm trying to think what it was. Um, probably sixth or seventh grade. Okay. All right. So about 12 or 13 years of age, yeah. right? And as we say in, in Freedom Coaching, the average age is somewhere between eight and 11 years of age. So <sighs> you're you're welcome to it. You're you, the, you and I are slightly older than than the current generations that are they're coming up uh, in youth, um, but it's present. So at what point did you come to come to understand? Or, or feel that your pornography use was keeping you from being who you should authentically be? How, how, what, what, what was that discovery like for you? Um, I think I was probably in, honestly, it wasn't until like my, my when I went to college, honestly, because mm-hmm. um, this is around the same time that, like I said, I became much more serious in the faith, um, which was ironically through my roommate who was like, evangelical like baptist um i don't know if anyone know him gabe stolt he was if anyone's listening to this and they know him reach out to me because i love that guy um (laughs) who actually also passed away on my birthday several years Mm -hmm. ago and that was a heartbreaker and a half but other story but anyway my roommate gabe he we were roommates in college and he was into everything you can imagine whether it be drugs or party and he was he lived a very fast and loose life and um, and, you know, very attractive guy, had everything you could th- imagine. And he had this crazy dramatic conversion. And I started going to church with him just like, I got nothing else to do. I'll go with Gabe. Um, and again, like with I was talking about like not being accepted. Well, here's the guy that everybody loves. Here's a guy that everyone wants to be around. So I'll hang out with him. So we go, we go to church and it's just like, this is different. There's like this idea of like real communion and fellowship with with god like he's my friend he he loves me i'm not saying the catholic faith doesn't have that i wasn't presented with it presented that idea in that way so when I mean, we'd be going out to restaurants reading the bible in the middle of applebee's <laughs> um and it was just it was wild um but i i i left school i came home more so out of fear of telling my mom that i was you know i was a protestant i just kept going to church with her but as I went to mass, every and started reading more of these writers and speakers in Catholicism, it just it made more sense. More, it just not going to go in the depth of theology, but it just made more logical sense to be to be Catholic. Um, so, where was I going with that? Um, I mean, where were we talking about with that? So, so we're we're trying to look at here, and this is good, right? Um, where mm-hmm. did you realize that this was a problem? So okay. So yeah, as I started becoming more serious with that, and I'm just I'm basically reading just the Psalms at this point because they're just prayers, and I don't know how to pray. <laughs> um, and then that, and reading like through Saint Paul and all these things. So 
that's the point where I was like, okay, well, God loves me and he wants the best for me, but what am I giving him? And I'm still living the sense of like, it. I, I felt like it was, there's this very selfish, like digging whenever I engage in pornography and like, I couldn't really explain it. I couldn't pinpoint what that was exactly. There was something wrong with it. Just that one thing always just tugged at me. And um, it was interesting. I, I couldn't really figure it out, but um but like I said, like I have arguments with, you know, talk to my father about it, talk to my pastor about it. And I was going back and forth and it just, yeah, I guess having that felt that relationship with God at that point was like putting that sense of like, like what true relationship is um, in check. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's it. Like actually having a standard because I didn't really, I, I didn't use relation religion as an actual standard as an actual foundation for my life before that and it all just kind of it started to piece together at that point i don't want to say religion but my relationship with with jesus at that point like yeah. shine a lot of light on those things well said so let me let me uh, kind of give a recap a little bit of, of what was said so mm -hmm. for you the driving factor was loneliness Mm -hmm. And in, in here at Freedom Coaching, we like to use an acronym called BLASTED. And, and um, we actually have added to that acronym. Uh, there's another A, Bob. You'll, they're going to pick this up. But, so it's <laughs> bored, lonely, hungry, angry, apathetic, stressed, tired, turned on, emotional, and depressed. Mm -hmm. So BLASTED, welcome to it. And obviously, for you, loneliness was the, the, the big one that was kind of moving from there. But something in you, and I would, I would humbly say your conscience right? Unless we completely destroy that, there's a voice of God that is trying to get in touch with us to help us to navigate what is right and what is wrong. And if, mm -hmm. and, and another way to say that is, what is our deepest desire and what is a counterfeit? So yeah. in here, Bob, there's this thirst, and I think all of us, right? We have a desire to connect with other people. We want, we want something that's real, you and and Bob, I, I told you, I mentioned your husband, your father. Uh, you so you get you get married to this unbelievable queen, right? Um, I say queen because your wife's name is R Regina. Regina, here we go, right? <laughs> and for us Catholics, salve Regina, right? Hail queen. So, um, so you get married to Regina, thinking my days of loneliness are over, right? Oh yeah, of course. So. <laughs> Was that so? How long did that last? That 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 epiphany that my loneliness is over. How long mm -hmm. did that until that kind of that that uh, changed? I don't have an exact time frame, but it might have been about maybe six months, if okay. that. So what shifted? Hmm. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, we ask tough questions here at times. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe you, you, you figure out that Regina is, you know, your wife is also human mm. and also has problems. And mm. when you're engaging in, in something like pornography, like, well, there are no problems. You, you make that person, you mold them in your head and they do what you want. Mm. And like, they forget that, like you, you, you're robbed of, by engaging in pornography, you're robbed of that. You're robbed of the idea that that you're engaging with a full person. Um, and I say rod because like we look at those, you know, these other qualities as like, 
as this uh, what's the word I'm looking for. We look at these other traits of of people as like I don't want to say negative, but again, it's the, it's the whole person, it's the whole package. Mm. You bought it, um, but, <laughs> but the thing is, like that she she's my wife. I married her. I love her to death, and um, and she's broken just like me. I mean, not mm. in the same ways, but um, but it's what like God came, Jesus came to redeem, to save. So I guess I guess maybe that's what it was. Like I came back and realized that with, without really accepting what I'm saying now, it was like, oh well, nothing really changed. Um, and it's weird because even you think like you get married and you you, um, I think this is also very prevalent in Protestant culture where you get married and then you can have sex. And there's also there's like no limitations on what can actually happen in the bedroom. Um, I'm not saying anything regards to Regina and I, I'm just saying like in Protestant culture, I think that's a very common idea. Um, like we have, I thought we have rules, obviously like NFP and uh, things of that nature. And, but yeah, it was just, that was the idea in my head, like, oh, well, they'll just solve everything now that we're married. I can have sex, so I don't need porn. That's not, it goes deeper than that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so to, to, to enunciate even more what you've said here, Bob, is the idea comes in in some places and i think somewhere mm -hmm. in my own life right i think some of that was there even though my issue of pornography was was pretty much gone by the time we got married mm -hmm. um and um i now have this per I, I now have somebody that in which i can engage my passions with and on as as much as i want instead forgetting this is an actual living human being with our thoughts and feelings and emotions mm. and um and then also problems as you said they're real real human beings and when and and the the issue of a pornography especially is it doesn't train us to actually love it trains us to actually uh use to actually take mm -hmm. advantage of of someone and it creates the fantasies in our heads and and it does not allow fantasy doesn't really allow for the real life situations the this ordinary day in day out slogging through problems and things like that but mm. but this is the other thing we want to drive into all those who are, are listening to this watching this is uh uh pornography is fantasy but where we get really fulfilled is in reality is in real relationships is in real um real situations where we get to struggle with someone, where we get to really learn who they are, to see who they are, to to love them for who they are and have that reciprocated, mm -hmm. right? So this obviously, the issue of pornography, it's, it's, it, it, it comes in into your marriage. And this is something which obviously it's, I, I assume Regina was not a fan of. She was not, but yeah, I mean, it's not like, but I got to clarify, it's not something where it's happening and I'm just trying to defend it, you know, like, uh, you, you have to, you have to deal with this. Like, this is just what I do. And she's sitting like, and she's just quietly accepting it. It was not like that at all. Like by the time that it came out, um, I can't remember if, honestly, I can't remember if it came out in conversation before or after we got married. Um, but the point is like, she regardless she's been amazing in the fact that she's been very she's always been very supportive from the beginning 
to me about like my struggle with it. There was never a point of that I can remember of her being like, I don't know if I can deal with this mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're weird. Like she's been there a hundred percent the entire time. So yeah, no she's point. been your rock. She's yeah. been your rock, got mm-hmm. you through this. So, so in the midst of all this, uh, Bob, just to, to keep our conversation flowing here, um, you're, you're trying to find answers. Things that you tried were working. Mm-hmm. Ent- uh, enter freedom coaching, mm-hmm. right? What was your experience even taking a look at this process and then beginning into this? What, 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 how, what was that like for you? And how is this different from other, other attempts at, at overcoming this, uh, this compulsion? Uh, hmm. How would you describe that? It was like night and day because I, I, I am definitely not going to discount, you know, the advice and the, and the work that others have done um, in this in this regard, because you can go. The, the metric is so it's so wide in terms of like, you know, some people can just take one little technique and run with it and they're good to go. You know, like just things you tell yourself when you're tempted or like just throw your phone, you know, on your desk and walk away. Um, even though things you could hear from people like Jason Everett or Matt Fred. Um, but it's all, yeah, but they're just techniques. They're basically coping mechanisms in a lot of ways. And you're just pushing, kicking the can down the road. So, and I found, actually, I found your podcast by listening to it's, um, I found freedom coaching by listening to the Catholic podcast when you were being interviewed on it. And I was like, I'll, I'll go check it out just for the heck of it. Cause I tried every other program. <laughs> Try yours. Um, so I guess to, to answer your question, the difference there was you weren't just saying like you know in these situations do this and organize your house like this. Your the proposal of freedom coaching was it was basically a whole lifestyle change, which mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it was needed. So first of all, like you know, change your environment so you're not relying on habits and your mood and your motivation at the time um because it's that's going to fail 90 percent of the time and also um so it's yeah your environment you had me change my diet which i hated you for <laughs> um it's like uh, that was that was hard um get more sleep um and that that was difficult yeah like, i want to do things i want to i work all day and i want to hang out i got you know i don't want to go to sleep but i did yeah like less sugar that was a hard one cut sugar out I'm still, and, and again, that's still beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, those are things that really dig into the core of what, who you are, what you're doing every day, every part of the day, as well as, um, you know, just like relationships. I guess there's two other things, relationships, like really making those relationships re- like much deeper and more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Again, like we were saying about loneliness, how that was a big trigger for me. And, but also just like emotional health. That was, I didn't realize how much that, like emotional health how much that really like was affecting me um like at the time that i reached out to you and i didn't realize this until we were like halfway through our training i was dealing with some really bad like anger issues Mm. and just like lashing out at people like my boss called me into the office every like other week (laughs) like you need to chill out um and we would some of the one of the practices that you had me do was began you know, just like, you know, breathe, you know, be gentle with yourself, acknowledge what was going on. What are you going to do next time this happens? Just really examining everything that's going on 
around you and be honest with yourself, patient with yourself. Um, don't like, you know, give in to the emotions, but honor them. Mm. Like the emotions are real. They're not bad. They're, they're just emotions. They're real. Acknowledge what they're trying to tell you. So that was big. So I guess to answer your question, yeah, I mean, it was, it was the fact that it wasn't just coping mechanisms, but looking at your whole life and how they all look at your whole life and, and really forming them to the will of God and forming them to like your yeah, best operating procedures, basically. But um, as a whole person, just like pornography will treat somebody as one dimension I think in freedom coaching, I was looking at my life as the full, full package, the full picture. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. And, and, and obviously there's, for those who are interested, uh, we, we do encourage you to check out freedom-coaching.net because there's a program, there's a process to this, but this is why it's one-to-one mentoring is because every single individual is, is, is unique, is unrepeatable. And so obviously, for instance, Bob was dealing underneath, uh, Bob was dealing with also much, much anger going on there. Maybe that's not your issue, but there's other things that are driving those behaviors. And one thing that we want to do, especially with freedom coaching, it's, it's, if, if it's a, if it's a, in general, a two-part project, it's freedom from the behavior of acting out with pornography and unchaste behavior. But then it's, what is freedom for right if you get free from this now what is the rest of my life for and so this is why what we want to do is get a holistic vision of who is the human person what does it mean to live the life that god has called me to live and a big part of that is learning how do we actually see so bob can you speak on that on that notion of where we're getting this redeemed vision Right, welcome to the Redeemed Vision podcast. Right, <laughs> learning how to actually see the body as God has created. See, how did that impact you? How did that impact your marriage, your interaction with others? How would you describe that? Hmm. That was interesting. Um, so I guess I'll 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 start with with others. You know, just interacting with others. I guess. It's it's an odd thing to like try to explain, but just yeah, like seeing other people as people, which sounds very ridiculous to say it that way, but <laughs> um, not just looking at a person like, well, what can I get out of you know, the, out of you, out of out of her, whatever. Um, but like you know, one thing that we practiced a lot in our coaching was to really like personalize individuals like look look at an image of of this woman be like okay but you know who is she what's her name what does she do for a living um what's her vocation what are her struggles and really like just thinking about that someone i never met before and doing that practice um it really put that in perspective and like again like it's no different than than me you know we all have have our issues um but again, yeah, that was that was an interesting experience. Just going through that, um, I guess with my with my wife, um, I guess I'm I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to be I don't want to like go into too much detail here. But like, correct. Um, I guess yeah, like our 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 love life, our like um, our romantic life, really, I think got 
just skyrocket. It was it was amazing. Um, again, like we were saying before, with with pornography and the relationship, it was there was definitely kind of a um, I don't know if I want to say conflict. There was a conflict, but I don't know if it was competing with her not as much as making the whole experience in general just much more shallow. Um, but yeah, after the freedom freedom coach and after I really grasped a lot of these concepts, um, like yeah, our intimate life like in the bedroom was like it was like night and day. Um, I would actually just sit there like in the middle of it or afterward just staring at her like I love you. You're you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I'm so blessed and grateful for this. You know for you and it's just like it's hard to explain unless you're married and you 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 know. You understand, you know, see what I'm, you know, I'm talking about, but like, it's a whole different experience when you see the whole person, not just yeah. a tool, you know, and, and, um, but yeah, and Regina's been really just amazing. She's been a real gift in that regard. Amen. And then I think the word that best sums up what you're talking about is awe. Right? Yeah. Pornography, <laughs> hear me clearly, my brothers and sisters who are hearing this, right? Pornography does not bring awe. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings perhaps pleasure, but even we would say if you're connect- if pleasure is supposed to be connected to genuine love, then it's not real pleasure. It's mm-hmm. a uh, to paraphrase C- uh, C.S. Lewis, lust is a weak, whimpering, whispering thing <laughs> compared to full desire that arises when lust has been killed. Yeah, and Bob is an example of this where has experienced a genuine, real transformation in living this out and and obviously in the, that those min, most intimate reactions and interactions with your wife is a small uh small aspect of the wholeness of, of getting your life your life li- back in this and i think the, the last question here and really that, quick can i actually add to that one um um in terms of like well, yeah your your final assignment to me was to go to an art museum uh, and find like nude paintings, nude statues, and really kind of like take in those images um, and analyze them. And one of those things where it's like, it'd be weird to do that beforehand, but doing it now after training, that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had as an adult. How so? How did that impact <laughs> um, you? Like, like, it's in, um, actually, you know what? I have it somewhere. I actually have my outline from that. But I just remember there's one there is one statue in particular, um, and I wish I remember the name of it. I'll I'm going to email that to you because please was, yeah we'll, we'll we'll put it in the show uh, if you can describe mm-hmm. it though Bob and what that so, what what these images did for you. So I actually spent probably a good like five to ten minutes when I found the statue, just kind of walking around in circles like looking at it and. Which I'm sorry, I, I'm just in my head. I'm thinking, man, if if there's anybody walking around like watching me, this would look ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but like, um, it, woman like completely nude, like it's a it's a carving out of marble. Um, and it was just, I remember thinking, like, you know, this is the most, this is probably the most beautiful piece of art I've looked at in a long time. And I'm not, I'm not like aroused as if I'm looking at pornography. And I was like, I don't. It took me a while to really figure out what the heck was going on, like why. <laughs> and I was almost in tears, like at, at that point. Um, it's just like I'm basically like I'm looking at, I'm looking at God. Like this is the image of God in the human body. Um, but yeah, that that was fantastic. And also, I'm 
in the same regard, actually, side note, I love like Bugero, the the painter. Um, he does a lot of like nude art, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, and like that's been like a huge antidote for me is seeing that, and you know, seeing this nude art, like seeing like like we talked about, it's it's really the image of God shining through this art, like his creation, and the same way like iconography. Like I'm I kind of have, like this pet project with iconography now. I'm digging into that a lot more and. Just it's the word incarnate, it's in the mm. image, you know. But yeah, I'm sorry to take up more time on that. But no, no, no. This, uh, that, beautiful. I mean, this is why these this conversations ebb and flow in mm. this, and 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 this is what I want to say. The body itself is not pornographic. Even nakedness is not pornographic. It's mm. it's what what pornography does to the body that actually steals the joy that we should when we encounter the body. And 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 as we say, one of the elements that can be healing for this, but there's, uh, again, the process itself is really important that a client goes through in discovering themselves, but in being able to be trained how to see the body in art, so many of the scales fall from our eyes, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and I uh, I mean, one of the things that touched me deeply, Bob, in as you were um, in getting your healing, uh, you have a background in art yourself. And you used to draw. And um, one of the things that you started to realize, like, why did I, I, I let this go? Yeah. I let this go for, for so long. So getting back to your own drawing, I mean, maybe we'll make this one of our last, uh, last conversation pieces here on, on this part of the podcast. What did that, bringing that back into your life, what, what, did, that, what did that do for you? That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was basically like, getting getting these ideas getting these frustrations out on the paper because mm. at that time actually at basically the exact same time of me starting freedom coaching i started getting to journaling more mm. um specifically bullet journaling and and it's another another method like we talked about like reflecting and looking around at your you know your surroundings and analyzing everything and just planning so I was already in that mode of pouring things out in the paper, physical paper, and not your dumb phone in your hand. Smartphones are now dumb phones. I'm just calling it. <laughs> uh, I hate them. Appreciate but anyway, so but, but drawing, like, yeah, getting back into drawing, I was like, like you said, like, I why did I let this go? I was really good at this when I was younger. And then I realized, like, I can kind of, I can do whatever I want with it. I can make this avant-garde. I can make it realistic. Um, so again, like, like I said about, pornography kind of give me this false sense of control now i can actually control this art and make it something beautiful and something good um and like you know whether it be like of myself or what i think i look like what i what i do look like is you know the son of god and it was just stuff like that i was like it's twisting my brain around in the right way <laughs> um like get it on paper stop hiding it stop you know denying these things and you had yeah. you know um, so that, that was a heck of an experience, which is definitely a release. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and I, I think as I kind of sum up this, this part of the, the podcast, what's happened is your life has been returned to you, has been restored and even more, shall we dare say it, redeemed. God mm -hmm. doesn't, he's not going to wipe out, uh, there's a false, no, false notion that, you know, if we're blessed to make it to heaven, um, all of our bad stuff is going to be completely wiped out. That's not how God works. He even works with the quote unquote bad stuff, the broken stuff. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that muck transforms it. 
right? Yeah. So that natural gift that you had for for drawing and wanting to create art has now taken on, I would say, even an infinite value given the fact that you've gotten your life back, mm-hmm. right? So, Bob, in honor to to learn a little bit about your your past, I, I would encourage anybody uh, who's who's touched by Bob's story. To, to reach out to him, uh, for those who are listening on the podcast, uh, bob.appleby, that's A-P-P-L-E, Apple, B-Y. Uh, he's not the owner or the grandson of those who founded Applebee's. Uh, so bob.appleby88 at gmail.com. You can also be found on Discord. And we'll put all that information in the, the show notes. And uh, was there anything else that you wanted to plug, Bob? Um, yes, actually, um, St. Irenaeus Ministries, it's um, like I've mentioned it a little bit before, but I, I literally live next door to the center. <laughs> uh, we, we've, so this place has been instrumental in my, my faith, upbringing in the faith and also where I met my wife, Regina. So we do like Bible studies um, consistently. We have a Friday night fellowship group for young adults. Um, we have pub nights where we play poker and smoke cigars. There's all sorts oh. of fun stuff. Um, but it's just in the past year or two, it's been really exploding and we've been all like moving into the community, you know, neighborhood surrounding it. And we went caroling in the last year during Christmas and awesome. that, and just meeting all of our neighbors and it was beautiful. But yeah, we just, um, and all the podcasts are for the Bible studies are online. It's not just for those living here, but, um, a lot of great things going on at this place and, uh, God's really blessing the efforts and, um, it's actually on on YouTube, we have a few videos as well. Our leader, um, the the president, um, Ted Janiszewski, he's actually, it was funny, like during the um, the lockdowns, he just said, I'm just going to do a bunch of stuff on YouTube. So he, he made like several videos on like best Bible translations, different books of the Bible, and they're fantastic. If you look up um, St. Irenaeus Ministries on YouTube, there's, a, yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Beautiful. And, so and, and it's, um, it's um, if you want to look it up, it's siministries.org. Awesome. Siministries.org. And this is um, going to be St. Irenaeus uh, mm-hmm. Ministries. And this is in, in Rochester, New York. So right. if anybody's in these surrounding areas, I encourage you to get in touch with Bob. Come check it out. Uh, Bob may even have you and your family over for a meal. I'm not not mm-hmm. putting any words in his mouth. But hey, we, we do have people over every week at um, either my house or one of our neighbors. Yeah, we, we do it all the time. So <laughs> Okay, well then there you go. So Bob, yes. apparently I need to come visit, which would be awesome. So mm. um in 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 the last point I want to leave to those who are hearing this um before we go a little bit deeper with Bob, um, is um pornography isolates us. It keeps us from being who we are. And so there's this movement that we must, we, this is the journey all of us must take, moving from radical isolation to focus on self to communio, to communion, to reach out and being present with others. And Bob, God bless you. Thank you so much for what you're doing, how you've allowed the Lord to touch your life. And, and especially as a witness in this battle, especially where, where pornography use is rampant in so many corners of our civilization, you're a bright shining light of, of realizing that God's grace can transform everything. And as long as we keep relying on that grace, that's what's important here. Keep leaning into that and keep allowing him into our lives and expanding our network so that we can serve more while doing proper self-care of who we are. Um, watch out, Bob. We may have to put you amongst, put a big S and T before your name 
when uh, all said and done on this planet. No pressure at all there, right? So <laughs> with that said, what we want to do is we want to switch over on the, uh, the Redeemed Vision podcast to uh, something um, that we've, we're calling the 12. So these are 12 simple questions to a degree. Um, and, and what I invite you, Bob, is don't overthink this. Okay, kind of okay. like first, first kind of thing that comes to mind here, kind of give a simple statement on it. And this is to help your, uh, all, of, all of those who are, who are watching or listening to this to get to know you a little better. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> all right, number one, peanut butter, creamy or crunchy? Crunchy all the way. That's what I thought. Number two, <laughs> if you could be any Star Wars character, which one? Boba Fett. Oh, you're the second person in a row. I'm, I'm gonna have to keep uh, on that. Um, the, the, number three. Yeah. <laughs> number three what is your desert island food what do you mean oh the only one i could bring uh -huh. or it's mm. there garbage plates specialty of rochester garbage plates <laughs> what is it what's in that um a bed of um a big plate of home fries mac salad um white hot dogs meat hot sauce ketchup or no, no mustard and onions it's a giant mess of food a garbage plate. Yeah, that, uh, that that sounds fantastic over uh, over po poker and cigars. Yeah. Um, number four, beer or wine? Beer. What kind? Stout. Stout. Any very good. Stout. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll crack a Guinness open with you. There you go. <laughs> um, number five, the most memorable Christmas gift you've ever received you re you you received growing up. Uh, you remember in. Um... Polar Express that he, he got yeah. the, the bell from the sleigh. Yeah. I actually asked that for that for Christmas and my mom somehow found this really old rustic looking red mm. rope of bells. And I was like, I'm thinking now and I don't know how she found that, but that was really cool. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, number six, what is your bucket list country or city? To live in? To, to go visit that mm. place you want to go oh. most ago. Oh, there. Hmm. That's a hard question. Somewhere in Texas, obviously. What? Maybe. Come on down, baby. <laughs> yeah. America's America State. I'll, I'll throw San Antonio <laughs> into the into the mix on that one. There. Yeah. Um, number seven. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ah, oh, jeez. I guess Spider-Man's powers. It'll be easier okay. to get around. There you go. Unless you're in the middle of Iowa, cornfields. Yeah, no. <laughs> Spider-Man, Iowa edition. Yeah. Not too much going on there. Right. <laughs> um, number eight. Have you seen The Chosen? Um, I'm, I'm way behind, but I absolutely love what I've already watched. Okay. So, impossible question from what you've seen. What's your favorite episode? <sighs> Honestly, the the first one with I mean I've seen much more than the first one, but when um, Jesus's first big appearance with Mary Magdalene mm. was just like taking a sledgehammer to you know yeah. it, it, it to your chest, it's just ridiculous. Like the the way that they were able to like make him so such a personal encounter with Mary, and she mm. she feels that she sees that like she knows my name, he knows who I am. Um, that was just beautiful. And I'm just like, where has this been like ever? Where has this been all my life? I loved it. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like learning how to see Bob. It's always been there. 
-hmm. We just haven't been paying attention to it. Where's our focus been? Well, you're getting your focus back. That's mm -hmm. great. Beautiful. Yeah. Number nine, um, besides your name and date, what do you want written on your tombstone? Hmm. Ah, geez, I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. Dio, Deus Volt, there. <laughs> we'll say it again. Deus Volt. Deus Volt. Very good. Very good. Which, uh, for those who don't speak speak Latin, what does that translate to? God wills it. Amen. Amen. Um, your favorite saint? Man, I got way too many. Um, yeah, I just one. I got to say John Paul II. Again, um, he's beautiful. been kind of like our unofficial um, patron saint of the household as well. I've had a couple of stories of like um, just him kind of like having an influence in our family like um, as we developed. It's been really amazing. And uh, his theology of the body obviously has been instrumental for me. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. Number 11. If you were to be martyred, how do you want to go out? That's a really awkward question. <laughs> We're all about asking <laughs> awkward questions here on the Redeem Vision podcast. Hopefully defending, um, protecting my family. Yeah, that's a beautiful way. And our last question, Bob, why be Catholic? Why be Catholic? I guess... Um, to be able to be able to encounter Jesus in the full fullness of the faith. I mean, we get to we get to receive Him in the in the Eucharist um, physically, and then we, you know we have and we have this really amazing tradition of iconography where we can we can view Him, um, view the incarnation of God through these icons and the history of the Church. And it's and it's so rich in the different you know, iterations of it. Um, and we, we have confession. We can, you actually like encounter the, uh, Jesus through a priest to be forgiven of your sins. I mean, the list goes on, go through the sacraments. This, I think, um, our, I think God is, God was, um, good enough to reach down and, and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what's the word for like sink down your level? Um, He's he's it's within and condescends to our level level. So I'm thinking like he was he was someone to kind of send to us and come to our level to the point of actually physically encountering us. And I'm not going to make any insult to to the Protestant our Protestant brothers and sisters because again like I am here because of them, and I am so grateful for that. But they're lacking, like they're missing that link where I think it's so essential and beautiful. It was such a gift to us. Amen, amen, amen. And 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 for obviously we're we're sharing from a perspective of Catholicism here. We invite you in to come drink the fresh water. Come in, it's beautiful. So Bob Appleby, it's been a pleasure and a privilege and an honor to to see you again, my dear friend, and and share a little bit of your story. As we mentioned earlier, if you want to get in touch with Bob, which uh, I do recommend, uh, Bob is salt of the earth. Bob is a good man. And uh, it's bob.appleby88 at gmail.com. Uh, shoot a message there. And um, for all of us at Freedom Coaching, we want to, uh, and the Redeemed Vision podcast, we want to um, say thank you 
for tuning in here. Um, we encourage you especially to share this, We're, uh, share, like, uh, spread the word. And if you feel so moved, please uh, donate to this work because we have many people we work with around the world who are trying desperately to get free from the snares of pornography use, uh, don't know how to, and they may not be able to fully be able to uh, afford because we like to eat. We like houses and and, and, and eating and, and, and sleeping, right? Um, so um, it's an honor to have you here. And until uh, next time, in everything we do, give glory to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Remember, nothing is wasted. Everything is redeemable. So go out and you live your life as God calls you to do so. God bless. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Movie.